Hello, it's Danny Howe back again for another episode of Tales from Southern Indiana. Um, so we have a new country on the list here. I'd like to keep a list of the uh, accidental listeners who pop up uh, from around the world. This one is Finland. And, um, you know, again, if you're a Hoosier and if you made it up that far north, you may have noticed that you might not have packed warm enough clothing. Southern Indiana is not as cold as it used to be when I was a boy. And um, we don't need to dress quite as warmly as we did. But uh, but if you're going to go visit the Scandinavian countries, where it does seem like we may have some listeners, if they're not all accidental, then, you know, either stick with the cities and uh, maybe areas that aren't really as cold. Um, but be sure to bring some extra clothing, um, maybe including some uh, some clothes that have been made from fur. When I was in college uh, at IU in Bloomington, Indiana, about 10 miles away in Spencer, there was a, a an active uh, fur market. I mean, animals that had been recently killed, and I, whether it was a tannery or what have you, that uh, there were furs. You could buy the fur and make yourself a coat out of it. So maybe the folks who are you know from southern Indiana have gone visiting in the northern parts of the world um, are bringing some um, you know skins that they have perhaps uh, um, worked up themselves. Now, because you're not going to find them on uh, Amazon, I don't believe. So. I was wondering, well, what kind of, you know, animals do we kill to wear? Um, and one of them, I guess, used to be foxes. I don't know about foxes as clothes now, but we got a lot of foxes out here in the suburbs, and I don't like them. Um, you know, I saw a video of someone who was attacked by a fox, and someone else was filming the attack, and it went on for several minutes, and it looked like for a while it was a pretty even match between the fox and the person it was after. And a neighbor came along with a two-by-four and just smashed the, the fox with a good body blow and discouraged it from continuing its um, uh, violent activities. But I wondered about the person filming the event. Why, why didn't they help the, the, the person under attack from the fox as opposed to taking their camera out and making a YouTube uh, presentation out of the whole thing? At any rate, it reminded me that one of the things I've wished for for a long time about foxes is that something else would come and eat them doesn't seem like anything eats them. And so there's more and more of them all the time. So, you know, using the, the, the resources of the Internet, I come up with a list of animals that you could invite into the suburbs, they're not there right now, uh, to eat the foxes. So number one on the list is mountain lions. Now, we had an episode about, you know, mountain lions a while back, and they cause all kinds of problems if you happen to encounter them. And it's not really worth the trade-off to have a few fewer foxes. So mountain lions, don't invite them. Send, don't send them an invite. Um, uh, coyotes. Well, the problem with coyotes, apart from their own issues when they show up, is that they are quite ugly. They look like, uh, you know, dogs with you know, bad cases of mange. And... Um, and, and, and they're just, you know, aesthetically, I don't think you'd want to replace foxes with coyotes. Um, lynxes. Well, if we have lynxes out there, I think they're most welcome. Uh, they're really pretty big cats. And um, not too much that I've heard about the lynxes uh, attacking people. Perhaps they do. But uh, I think that you could stay away from them pretty well. Um, and then finally, bears. And we got bears, uh, but I don't think they'd be very good at eating the foxes because the foxes are, you know, way down on the list of menu items that they might select. They seem to primarily in the suburbs prefer trash cans and a lot of good stuff in trash, trash cans for the bears. And so you see a little, again, people taking videos instead of maybe moving the trash can somewhere where the bears can't get them. Um, maybe that's the whole point of putting the 
trash cans out is to get a good video. And then finally I encountered, and I've been waiting for this, um, the koi wolf. Koi wolves apparently eat foxes, as well as a number of other things. And if you haven't heard about koi wolves before, well, they seem to be, at least according to some folks, a stable hybrid of what was at one time western coyotes and a dwindling population of red wolves up in the northeast. And uh, it's thought that they may have uh, first come into existence, oh gosh, maybe 80, you know, 90 years ago. But they're showing up in larger numbers. And they're in Virginia, where I'm at now. Um, and uh, one was even sighted in Indiana, according to, uh, to something I read. And of course, one sighting alone was enough for the Department of Natural Resources and uh, related government entities to get some advice out there. And we're going to be talking about some of, some of that advice. But um, these are... As opposed to coyotes, these are quite nice-looking animals. They they look like a you know, a little bit more like a German Shepherd that plays basketball, a little bit taller, and uh, still a nice sleek coat. Apparently, they do not hunt in packs. Um, they're good at surviving in the suburbs, which means they're good at staying the heck away from us in the suburbs, by and large. And um, nevertheless, you don't want to maybe encounter them without some advice. Government always has a lot of good advice for how to deal with things that you'll maybe rarely encounter. So that out in Indiana, so the first piece of advice about a koi wolf, should you encounter one, is to make it uncomfortable. You know, don't offer it the nicest chair or maybe one of the better magazines. Just leave out, you know, things like guns and ammo, uh, you know, the koi wolf be less interested in and likely grow bored if there's nothing good on television and go to the neighbors and see, you know, if they're a little more gregarious and welcoming. Um, <laughs> keep your distance. There's a lot of this advice is things that I don't need to know. Don't approach the koi wolf. Again, kind of got that. Use scare tactics. Um, one of the things that suggested, this is sort of general advice now, I'm not blaming this on anybody in Indiana. Um, whistle. I know you have to know how to whistle, and I presumably whistle pretty loud. And plus, there's a good chance a koi wolf might find it entertaining, uh, as opposed to scary. Um, depending on what you're, maybe you whistle the theme from the Twilight Zone. Maybe that would work. Um, here's a great one: Haze the coyote. Well, koi wolf. Here's Haze the koi wolf or the coyote, I suppose. You know, make it wear silly clothes or run around half naked uh, before you decide to allow it to pledge the fraternity. Um, here's this. bring pets inside to avoid conflicts with the koi wolf. Well, the conflict we think we know it's not. They don't need a couples therapist. They, they need to stay the heck away from each other. Um, and, and well, here you know again, there's a lot of a lot of things that you have to have something at hand. Um, have a motion-activated sprinkler. Now, that doesn't keep the neighborhood kids away. I'm not sure why it would help with the koi wolves. Um, blow your car horn. If, you, if you're where in front of a koi wolf and you've gone somewhere else to get in your car, you're no longer really under threat by the koi wolf unless it's, you know, looking to try out its, its uh, driver's uh, permit. So, you know, once you're in the car, you could blow the horn or you could just drive away. Um, I think we need to come up with some more focused and helpful advice here. Banging pots and pans. We need emergency pots and pans posted at various places in the yard should we need them to scare away a koi wolf or a coyote or something like that. Um, well, <laughs> um, yelling and clapping. Again, the koi wolf might simply feel that you're 
you know, you're, you're enjoying the entertainment of its presence. I mean, the early Beatles concerts in the 60s, there was a lot of yelling and clapping, and uh, certainly it scared the older folks, but not sure if it would do all that much for the, for the coy wolves. At any rate, you know, the point is, I guess, to some extent, um, you know, be inventive. Uh, who knows what might irritate a coy wolf? Uh, and uh, the thing is that you, you just don't want the coy wolf to decide that, you know, you might be uh, a good foster parent for it. And uh, you, you, because there are some things that you have to worry about, even if, co- you know, coy wolves don't directly attack you, apparently, you know, sometimes they don't know for sure if you're prey, especially if you're laying still, not moving very much. Uh, if you fall asleep in a hammock, after some time watching you, the coy wolf might decide that you may well be dead. And the good way for the coy wolf to find out if you're dead is to bite you in the hands or the toes or something like that which just you know puts a a sad ending to a pleasant nap so these are some things to stay away from i guess you know that the the um maybe there's not a really good way to make sure the koi wolves stay away other than have a lot of foxes maybe the more foxes you have the less less likely you are to have problems with the koi wolves because you know if they have to catch the fox foxes are pretty fast then they have to eat them then um, that's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. By the time they're done with all that, they're probably ready for a nap. So that's some advice. Again, we like to be helpful in the podcast. Uh, A lot of things scare us in southern Indiana, and uh, we need a lot of help with a lot of those things. So watch out for the coy wolves. Don't scare them too far away if you've got a lot of foxes. And as always, be careful and uh, take care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon.